Welcome everybody, once again, to Board Stiff, a tabletop board game review show that gets down and dirty, debating the value of one specific game. Let's get stimulated. It's Board Stiff, we're back, it's show number three. Can you believe it? Three. 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 It's I can't awesome. believe we made it to three. Right? I mean, we just, we're getting picked up. Our, our, our pilot got picked up. I mean, usually it's, it's too really, It's these massive production values. Yeah, exactly. You can see. We've passed the number of viewers we have. <laughs> hey, I think <laughs> we're up to episodes. like 28 or I something. I didn't watch the last episode, so you know what? <laughs> what? Oh, that's good. That means there was one more than I thought there was. But I thought we were all <laughs> <of them. laughs> So, all right. So we go, uh, I say, um, we spend some time talking video games here. And uh, just a little bit uh, background on the show. If you haven't watched show one or two, we are talking video uh, uh, not video games. Did I say video games. You did. Oh my God! See, this is what happens when I got two shows. Too many shows, man. Right. This is board games, and we're talking about family-friendly board games. Given the situation where we all wanted to have a little more board game time, and you know, cooped up and trying to introduce it to our families as well as uh, close uh, relatives and friends, um, we're trying to bring games to the table that people will watch or. I said play, watch and play and learn. And uh, that's what the uh, show Board Stiff is about. So uh, what we're going to first do is jump in. Last week we talked about back and forth how we wanted to review some games. And I think uh, I actually did listen to the, the second show at the end, Chris. And I remember you mentioned saying something about rolling dice. I think, oh, shoot, we should have done that. So I wasn't prepped for this show yet, but I do think it's the, for the next show we should do that. Okay. Some kind of online but this week, uh, let's see, last week in checkout, we did uh, Terraforming Mars with some amazing content on it from you guys. Um, and then uh, we we talked about, what was the show one? I forgot what the first one was, Firefly, right? Yeah, Firefly. All right. This week, we're going to jump right into it. If you want to be a part of it, of course, you can go to Twitter and hit us up at, at BoardStiff4. That's B-O-A-R-D-S-T-I-F-F, the number four, because there's usually four of us. Right now, our wonderful high production value logo is taking over the wilt spot, right? And number four, but we go by that. As well as you can hit us at uh, email at BoardStiffGamer with an R at gmail.com. Of course, YouTube, if you're watching this right now, you know it, but if you're listening by podcast, you can check the video and see our ugly mugs out at Board Stiff on- You're probably better off if you don't. Yeah, that's true. Just trust us. We're all gorge. It's not worth it. Stay where it is. We're like, you know- The video adds nothing. We're models, right? Actually, we're pretty good looking dudes. Come on. For gamers, come on. Could, could be work for gamers, yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, could be work. We just alienated everybody. It's oh. like, think you, you think you're better than me? No. Um, so it's all good. There, so, there's just some conflict for you. Yeah, right. And believe me, uh, that that's that's worse conflict. Trust me, you don't want to get into that game. Um, all right. So let's uh, speaking of games, getting in games. Let's get into review. And this week we're going to review. I, now, Chris, you caught me on this too, as I just uh, messed up with video games and board games. I said Elder Scroll, right? Elder so that's, Scroll. <laughs> that's the no. that is the video. That is a video game. Not right, that's a great game. Not the show. So um, Elder Sign. So this is a game, and I'll let you guys jump into it a little bit now. I know it's one of my uh, fanboy uh, companies that make it, um, Fantasy Flight Games. It has a ton of lore, which, to be honest with you, I don't know much about. Nor do I think people that are coming to the table for the first time to play a game care about, right? But maybe. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's, not, right? you know, Lovecraft was from, what, 100-something years ago? I mean, it's right? just... Yeah. yeah, you're like, mm, maybe, uh, you know, the Arkham uh, Horror and the, you, I don't even know where it even goes. I, I'm not even a big fanboy of that, so I don't even know. But I know there's some lore behind it. There's some stuff associated with it, right? Can anybody expand a little bit on that? And then tell, do you agree that is this something that, that uh, uh, family or friends that are coming to the table for the first time even care about or no for this game? Um, I think, I think there's a decent overlap, you know, between gamers and geeks and sort of science fiction fantasy, you know, and uh, sort of Lovecraftian horror is a genre of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's some pretty good overlap there, um, you know, and I guess we'll talk about this more when we get to it, but even if you frankly don't really care that much for the theme, you know, the game construction is good, the art is great, you know, we'll talk about that more later. Yeah. But if you are kind of casually interested in occult and ancient horrors from beyond you know 
it definitely enhances the game somewhat. So it really, it really uh, helps those that are really cultish in your family that like to sit down. They drink a lot. Yeah, of yeah. And I, I mean that's, that's a plus and a minus. Kool Aid. I don't know why, but yeah, that's that's definitely a plus and a minus that I that I will talk about when I get to my part as well. Love but, it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great theme. It's super fun. Um, and, you know, I think Fantasy Flight has, what, three or four games in this universe. And, like, the art is somewhat consistent from game to game. And right. uh, so, yeah, good on them for reusing some art assets, I guess. How about, how about you, John? What do you think? Well, Kathleen loves this game. And she is absolutely not someone who goes for the sort of Lovecraftian Cthulhu yeah, Cthulhu, that was it. That's where I was going. Her media is consumed if they have British accents or subtitles. Um, so <laughs> or preferably both. Or, right. or both. Um, Dark, if she didn't see I, that. I think she just, um, she's very big into combinations, and, and that's what this game's all about, right? It's essentially Yahtzee with a theme. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So we agree that Good summary. Review Yahtzee. over. Yahtzee with a thing. There's a couple of games like that too, which I think we'll find is a good w way to introduce games that have mechanisms based on very popular, right, the structures that you can wrap your head around initially. So well, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like a, hey, if you like Yahtzee, you might like this. You might like Ice Throne. Yeah, which I think is very important. So let, if we start di diving into it and jumping into the review, let's. Uh, that's a great point to even start everything off with is anytime you can associate with something they know. I mean, I guess in, in the world in general, right? When you're trying to uh, psych yeah. like, psychologically get somebody on board or to work with you, you've got to give them a premise and a position to, to start from. Um, yeah, so on a review, uh, Johnny, you started off and then we'll go to Chris and, and go on the review of the game. Now, remember, we're talking about <laughs> Playability, bringing it to the table for your your wife, your mother-in-law, your bestie friend, or whatever coming over that aren't big gamers, trying to get them to sit down and say, "Hey, let's play this," and then to enjoy the night. And glad they came over, right? Wait, what, what were our three? Uh, there's um, the dust factor. Oh, that. Oh, wait. So yeah, there is the play playability. Right? Is it one or is it ten? Right? One is good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Okay. So this is the kind of game where. Um, if you have somebody who knows the game, right? If you know the game and you bring it to the table, playability is the easiest it could be for a person because you could coach them through, you know, this combination's hard. It takes it takes three minutes to teach the game at right. its essence. And then you could teach more layers as you go. Right. So That's right. what I like about it is you can quickly start playing, um, especially if you've carefully bagged everything so that you don't have to sort the 47,000 Fantasy Flight tokens uh, when you start the game. <laughs> Right. Better boxes, fantasy flight. This is what we're asking for. <laughs> yeah. right. um, but it, it's a game that comes to the table a lot for us because it's so quick to set up. And yep. um, the more you bring it to the table, the less you need to refresh yourself on the rules each time you play it. Um, like I said, the theme, you don't have to go all in for the theme. But if you do, you, you know, the combinations of dice you need to get follow the theme of the card really well most times. You know, there's a lot of monsters or you need to give up time to defeat this monster. Yeah. Um, so if, if you want to embed yourself or not embed yourself in the theme, sort of, you know, swim around in the theme, you can, but you don't have to. You could just say, okay, I need three of these symbols and I'm going to increase my odds by taking a yellow die. Yes. Or you could say, I need to defeat this monster and I'm going to cast a spell and I'm going to spend extra time and give up some sanity to do this, right? Yeah, you can act it out, right? Um, yeah. So that's why I think it's very playable. You could treat it as I'm going to spend a blue thing and a red thing and turn the dial or, um, or really just jump into that theme. Yeah, so. good stuff. And I know, Chris, we've talked in back and forth about the min-maxing situation. This game definitely leads itself to that. If you bring a friend or have a relative or somebody to the table that also can appreciates that, right, the mathematics of it too. But still, if they're yeah. not, still thematically and, and uh, has a nice presence. What do you think? Yeah, I, I did, did John actually identify a number? Oh, no, good point. Playability, one to 10, one being the best. Um, in terms of difficulty, lower number being easier, correct? I can't remember our system. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, Pause the video while we check YouTube and remember what our system Right, what was. are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> yeah. Everybody freeze. I think, I think it peaks at a six, but you could start with a three. You know, So sort of like you don't need to explain all the rules when you gotcha. play your first round. You okay. can tell somebody, go there, roll these dice. Hey, look, these are your odds. 4.5, got it. I don't think it peaks any higher than a six, really. I think it's, 
I think it's a medium. It can get it can get a little difficult, which I think may be the case. But I think that goes into the expansion side. But we, you know, we don't even talk about expansion that, uh, on this one if we don't uh, want to. But Chris, go ahead. Yeah. So um, I very much agree with what John said in terms. You know, if you if you completely ignore the artwork and you completely <laughs> ignore the theme, it's you know a dice set collection game. So you know, for the gamers out there, that's the sort of mechanic that we're talking about. Yahtzee with a twist. You know, there's cards that affect what dice you get. There's cards that give you special abilities. You've got this uh, tableau of uh, rooms in this museum, I guess they are, that you're investigating. I don't know that it really even matters, but you've got, you know, you've got these objectives and there's monsters. And um, But at the end of the day, everything is rolling dice. And exactly as John said, you get the table set up, you tell a new player, hey, we're going to play this game. Well, what do I do in this game? You roll dice and you try to match the thing that's on the card. Oh, okay, I understand that. Then the next level of that is you open up that page on the manual that has what all the dice face are so you can start to think about the statistics and think about, oh, well, if I add a yellow die or, oh, I matched the red die but not the green die and which one do I take out, right? So yeah. there's that sort of second level of mathy statistics stuff. As John said, it kind of starts at a three and maybe it gets up to a six. Um, there are different enemies you know, think end boss in the game. Mm -hmm. and depending on which one you select, the game can be significantly more complicated um, right. because yep. there are some additional yeah. rules that come into play for some of the other monsters. Right. Which um, I don't remember the rules saying, hey, play this one. Was there one that they do say, actually, there is one. They say, play this one first, right? Yeah, so, I, I don't remember an Elder Sign. I have the, you know, another Fantasy Flight game, which is uh, Eldritch Horror, uh, yeah. which is a big kind of world map cooperative type game uh this is also a cooperative game we should probably should say that you know everybody is working together to try and defeat the big bad um and uh, all the little monsters okay so from a complexity point of view yeah absolutely you're, you're starting at a three maybe it gets to a six i think i would stop maybe at a five you know so yeah. three-ish four-ish to get started and then if you really kind of want to get into the theme of it or you're really trying to min max all the cards and some of the other interactions different characters have different bonus abilities and oh on my turn i'll use my thing and on your turn you'll use your thing and we'll combine forces and you know like many co-op games you know you have to avoid alpha gamer right um approaches uh yep. which is a personal weakness um so no. yeah, I'll I'll call it like a three five and uh, it, and it, yeah, it's a super it's a super easy game to explain to uh, to pretty much any audience. Wonderful, good yeah, good uh, good reviews guys on that. Uh, John, can you bring the game right up to the the screen so we can see it because normally I would do great production values and have it there, but since you got it right there, the the part two stuff. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll get there. Preview. Okay. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right there it is. Elder side. All right. So the back, there's as as always fantasy plate. There's a lot of little, little bits and pieces, right? This is Shane's so, next tattoo right there. There it is, right on the old ankle, baby. <laughs> Love it. Actually, be on my left, um, uh, yeah. left D twenty. So yeah, exactly. So um, uh, so let's talk about that. And I, what I'll uh, add to that, and I think it's a good segue because we're going to talk about co-op games even more that we like. This is that, right? So, so it kind of stays with the theme we didn't really talk about. The first uh, factor in this that I think is valuable is that you bring people to the table and it's not competitive against each other. So psychologically or how you want to uh, deal with it, if you know your family well enough, you know if they're really aggressive, very competitive family, maybe sports oriented or what have you, then maybe you look at other direct competitive games. For those that don't have that um, either you know, the competitive uh, spirit or uh, um, want to play, uh, don't play sports, or really just look to have a good time together versus having that one-on-one. -on -one, right. um, I would like to not be invited to sleep on the couch tonight. Exactly. You want, because you know somebody can talk pretty well, right? In the family, yeah. if you get that, look out, because they're on the couch, usually me. Um, so what happens is, by having it co-op, I think this game sets itself up right away for uh, having value coming to the table. And with that said is to your points to kind of echo and reiterate, the mechanics aren't that difficult overall when you start playing. This is a game I definitely believe you just start playing and you get the feel for it versus sitting here. Let me tell you this rule, how this works, what happens before the case happens. So, um, and because really it's not going to make or break the game at all. 
right? As you get going with it, you kind of get them, hey, where do you want to go? Let's start rolling it. And then within the uh, two, three turns, they pick it up. I think that's very important people, yeah. to, for people to understand that that is, that is possible because the number one fear, and I, I thought been thinking a lot about this, especially for the show, is that fear of, uh, uh, of separation where you think, oh my God, I'm going to lose somebody here, right? And I'm going to finish this game on. They're not going to have fun. We should be focusing on them because they're over or we should have a good time and really concerned about that. The nice thing about this is everybody can get it. Yahtzee, it's a Yahtzee-based game. Um, when we talk about rolling dice, a certain number Yahtzee of Yahtzee is a registered trademark of whoever made Yahtzee. Yeah, it's, it's, right now, isn't that from like 1825, that game? Isn't it now uh, copyright free? Um, oh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I like Mickey Mouse. More times. Redoing Here. copyright. Yeah, <laughs> take a look at the link. Buy Yahtzee today. Um, yeah. so, um, with that said, though, is that, you know, because people can understand that, and I don't know if we did this on camera or off camera, we started talking about relatability to games in general. And when you can start talking psychologically about um, games that people already know or are aware of that have good... Yeah. Uh, good relationships to them, you know, not like going really deep with a, a game. And some games focus on it. Like I'll even throw like Clue. You get people to go, oh my god, that is, you know, don't even go. Or you get like, oh my god, I love that game. <clears throat> Those type of mechanics, because there's a few mechanics in that too. But when you say yeah, it's, it's like yeah, I get it. So that, along with the um, the co-op ability of it, and the fact that it uh, there's not a ton of mechanics either within it. Once you get going on it, to your point, Chris, too, is that you roll dice, you roll dice. There's some monsters, but in the end. You're, you're working together uh, to solve a, a problem. And in, in the end, really, the lore has little to no value unless you want it to be there, right? Unless you're uh, really uh, geekified to the whole thing. So with that said, I uh, thought a lot about it too. And I actually believe this is kind of right down the middle at five. I think somebody said, Chris, you said five? Right? I said three six. to five. Three to six, yeah. So yeah, and I would tend to lend between the 4.5 and five as well. So I think we're all in the same... Uh, um, same belief that this does have value, may not be the number one. And I think we'll talk about that in a couple of shows down the line as far as the dust factor, specifically number ones. But for this game, I think it's something you can feel uh, confident about bringing out, showing them, get to have a little more patience, still a little bit. Maybe we should change to a patient scale, but simplicity, um, it is, I would say, a, a four to five on it as well. So, um, all right, good reviews on that. And uh, what's, what's that, Wilt? What number? Oh, I don't hear. Okay, just to check and see if we could add them in or not. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's move on. We said um, what we want to do in this show is we used to talk a little bit about um, Kickstarter, and we said mm, that's all over the place because some months or whatever may have it. Some may be really um, on fire and then be over by the time somebody sees this, and nothing worse than saying, "Hey, I just listened to you know 20 minutes of these guys uh, ranting about this game. Now I go and I can't even get it." Right. So all these uh, to your points, guys, it makes a lot of sense. So. Along the way, if something comes up um, about Kickstarter that you just bought or just got, want to talk about it, awesome. Because unfortunately, as we know, most of these games end up on retail shelves, right? The retailers are buying it and will eventually put it on the shelf for, for folks to look at. But it's not so much uh, Kickstarter related than it is just general games. So what we do want to do is then break into kind of just a general segment across the board rather than focusing on just on one game. Um, a, th a theme that would still reflect what we think is valuable to bring to the table uh, for family and friends, but uh, a little more thematic than just a, a single game. And th this week we started talking about um, co-op games. So as may, I, may I interrupt the dis my distinguished colleague yeah. uh, from the Southwest? Go for it. Um, we haven't done our dust ratings yet. Good point. Good point. Let's go around. I got to go back and watch the show so I remember what we're doing too. All right. <laughs> So, wait, we're going to start reverse, right? So that would go with me? Yeah, handle it in post. Handle it in post. Yeah. Just cut that whole segment out and switch it to the back. Actually, I'll just replace it with, and then... With a zipper cut, it'll be fine. Yeah, dude, I almost don't have much time editing the show, as you can tell. Watch the past shows. So, Dust Factor. I know I'm blowing your train of thought there. That's right. No, Elder Sign... What is the dust factor? I'm going to say its simplicity is uh, five on it. Um, I am going to say a dust factor will be maybe a six to seven. That was a tough one I thought about it before because I think it's got playability, but I think there's a lot of other dice games out there as well that oh, will bring to the table as much or more than this game. So now if I'm separating the two, uh, uh, and it was hard to say, I still think it's kind of the middle of the road game, so you can't go wrong. But as far as Dust Factor, I think if you buy the game, you'll play it, it'll go away for a little bit, 
once you go through the cycle of the of the, the better dice games and play them a little bit more, you'll go back to that one because you, you're a dice fan. You like using dice. They'll come back out. So I'm going to give it a, uh, probably about a six on that. What about you, Chris? Um, I'm going to give a split review here. Okay. Um, and, you know, because uh, as we, I think when we introduced ourselves, we talked a little bit about what our families were. Maybe we didn't. I can't remember. Um, I think of the folks, of the four of us, I think I have uh, the youngest children in my house. Yep. Um, they're not super young. I mean, I have a 10 year old and a 13 year old. Um, yep. so we're starting to get into the point where, uh, I'll say more adult themes are okay to bring to the game table. Um, but certainly five years ago, that wasn't the case. And, you know, I don't remember the first time I played elder sign with, uh, with you, John, or with uh, our group of friends, I enjoyed the game right away not a game I would have brought to the table to play with a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. So all of that awesome theming about Lovecraftian horror, which I enjoy, not really appropriate for grandma, not really appropriate for, well, maybe some grandmas, not my grandma, you know, um, not really appropriate for seven-year-olds. I mean, you know, people are losing sanity, people are losing blood, you know, there's little, you know, your heart, your life is little heart icons. I mean, it's, right. it's sort of dark intentionally. Very great. I think the art is yep. Yep. I think the art is fantastic. I love it. I have, like I said, I have another game by Fantasy Flight that uses the same theme. It's one of my favorite games to play, um, but not really a mid to young family game. So, if I had this game, if I owned this game today, which I don't because of this reason, probably wouldn't get a lot of gameplay here at the home. I. You know, I'm whenever it comes up in our game nights, I'm always like, yeah, I want to play that game. I love that game. Um, so for a younger family or if you have, like you said, a guest coming over and they have they're a little more sensitive about the content of the types of games you're playing. Um, this is going to be an eight or nine. You're going to have to be careful about which friends you play this game with. OK, um, yeah. Yeah. If you have so, a gaming group like that, or if the people that you're bringing over are adults for all intents and purposes, yeah, yeah. bring it out. It's a perfectly good theme. You know, if, if people can watch cable TV, they can handle this game. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. so th in that case, I would say three or a four. I don't have a lot of other dice games in my collection, so I can't really compare like Shane did. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I like this game. Every time we play it, it seems like it's fun whether we win or lose. So, gotcha. Um, so I'm going to yeah. give it a three or four if you've got the right group. But yeah. if you have a younger family or a more sensitive uh, audience, maybe a eight or nine. You know, let's be careful. I love how you say that? Uh, all right, very cool. Love it, Johnny. It's tough to say. So well, uh, it, it, this is why we're asking you. You're on camera. For us, it's our number one dice rolling Cthulhu themed game. Um. <laughs> okay. How many of those do you have exactly? Yeah. <laughs> well, so the reason I say stuff to say is our game collection is like that. We've got kind of like one of each sort of, you know, you take all the themes and make all the Venn diagrams. We, we've got sort of like one of each. So when we're in the mood to chuck some dice and we don't want it to be competitive, this is our option. Yeah. Chuck some dice, but have it be competitive. We'll play space base. Um, ah, okay. So, so dust factor wise, it's more about how often do we want a dice rolling co-op game than it is about is this the dice rolling co-op game we want? Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for us, that those kinds of um, choices change over time. So my kids are getting older. So we could do more competitive games. They're more interested in competitive games now. They don't take it personally anymore. Right. Co-op games. Yeah. Um, but this is a great one. If Kath and I are playing a game, we might play this just because we both, you know, it's we've played it so much. It's almost like on autopilot. It's like putting, you know, The Empire Strikes Back on TV. You don't even need to sit in front of it. You can what just around and know what's going on. You mean that? X-wing. X-wing in the background. But go. it's almost like, you know, she could crack a bottle of wine, I could have a beer, we could just be playing this and talking, and it's it's a it's a comfortable game for us. So it's a low number for our family. Gotcha. For that reason. So, so that number is? So two or three-ish for us, right? Very cool. Right. Okay. Yeah, for the right group, I absolutely agree. It's, yeah. it's definitely in the two or three if you've got the right people and, you know, 
like you said, it's it's almost so simple that it's just you can play it on autopilot. Yeah. And, and that, that's not a bad game. thing. No. That's not well, a bad especially thing. if if your family is small or you want a two-player game, and you have a relationship with the person you're playing with where you are much more into games and maybe more competitive than your spouse. Co-op games. Are uh, one, two, <laughs> three. Okay, yeah, yeah they're all there. Right, yeah. audience. Because yeah. yeah. like you know, you can say Shane to to uh, to Irene, "Hey, let's play dice throw," and you're like, and "Yeah, she, yeah." Is it my turn yet? You're like, no, I just won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And game. Right. <laughs> and game. Right. Oh, yeah. This is a two or three for us for those reasons. Yeah. And um, when we talked about it, what I, I do agree with is that um, the simplicity of it is there and the mechanics that we talked about, the dust pack, so you can bring it out. One thing I do think we should add to this that might, I don't know if it adds to it, if you're really trying to get folks, and again, this is your um your table, depending on what you really love and want to lead people to start playing with you, right? Because you're the gamer and so forth, is role playing. And I think that if you're a role player as well as a board gamer, I actually think this has a little bit of value to start bringing to the table. To it has a little flavor there. Yeah, introduce the characters, right? And have them kind of role, not only say role play, because you're not going to get them going, oh, I'm the, you know, the nurse and, oh, let's fix you up and do it, right? You're going to get that. But what you're going to do is saying, you're this character, you're playing this character, this has this lives and this ability, right? Uh -huh. Or this scenario. And I think if you do that without them knowing it, you're really getting them into the role playing concept or understanding. And then you can start introducing other stuff down the line. So if that's an area that you think is valuable, then I would and you know they do like this, then I would move the dust factor up a little. Like I would bring it out a little bit more because you're going to get a little bit of that um, in there as well. Does that make sense? To it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, like you said, it's it's a pretty thin little frosting coat of role playing. But yeah. you know, much like I think some of the other games we're going to talk about in the quick co-op yeah. game segment, you know, you get a unique player in your co-op game which gives you some special ability and and trying to understand how that a little bit of asymmetry helps the game and helps the team correct that's exactly starting to get into that role-playing game yep. kind of space yep. so I, I i agree with that entirely what do you think about this for eight players because it says it goes up to eight Oof. that seems like play it with eight i don't know if i could but i think we would just once you crush you, it so you've played it with two and you said that works really well I think two, two to four. I, I and like we it. played it with five, I think, and that was okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about eight, but I guess because uh, you're still dealing with luck in most of the game, right? So even if you have eight, you think, oh, you're going to crush because there's more people playing and rolling dice and doing yeah, it. Yeah, but the clock's moving faster. Right, right. And that, that's so, the, uh, without getting into the, you know, the deep uh, review of the, each mechanic of the game with the clock, there is uh, an element that isn't in a lot of other ones that requires your timing, right? So a lot of people say just play to eight. Right, and that's right. should I use this power yet before midnight happens? Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of games, right. which are fine too, especially if you have a time restraint with people coming over. Um, you know, playing it's an eight cycle game. There's a few of them out there. Um, yeah. The they have a fixed anyway. number of turns. Yes. Right. This doesn't have a fixed number of turns. There's just a penalty. Right. Right. Well, and again, right. But the point being is, it gets tougher and tougher. And really, there is a fixed yeah. number because if it gets too many times around the clock, it's going to release the monster, or whatever, and you're going to. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 And I I think with eight people, it would be tough because that clock is going to go around twice before you even get to take a turn again. So you're not really going to get a chance to react to whatever the changes. Right. You could use your power, whatever your special power is maybe. Yeah, but I, I feel like you'd be, I don't know, I feel like you'd have a lot of idle time playing with that many people. I, but. I wouldn't do it with eight people. Yeah, no, I think that's true. Which is why I'm telling right. you, if we start looking through these, all these little mechanics that stick out for not only us, but for to make a perfect game for the family is coming through. Even when we talk about, we heard about uh, uh, Firefly initial thing, Wilts brought it up in regards to that you could be doing something while everybody else is doing that. There's yeah. probably some value to that in a game too, right? So if we were starting to Absolutely. build a mechanics of a game that we think in the end, and we'll probably do it, then we'll kickstart it and we'll make millions. But when we get it done, that, that I think does have value um, in it as well. So yeah, great points, guys. Good points. Um, all right. So as I started to say, and then backtracked and fell back because I just re-edited it and now we're back. Um, we are talking uh, um, the co-ops. So this was a great review because it is a co-op based game as well and bringing it to the table. And you heard my psychology behind co-op games thinking that it does uh, eliminate some walls on folks that want to get together, especially if you're not very uh, competitive. So what, um, and I asked you guys and we all put together kind of a quick list of 
uh, one or two games that you felt, or one game that you felt uh, was the best to bring out for that, for co-op focused uh, people coming to the table, not real competitive, or you just wanted to make it fun for all working together for a cause, right? That's co-op. Yeah. Um, and what games did you uh, recommend? Now I know, um, John, you've, you've shown it a couple of times. So if you want to start, there are a couple. Uh, okay, you can bring them closer too so we can see when we talk about them. And um, so why don't you jump in and introduce both of them and then let okay. us know why you think that these are the games. You guys know this one? Anami? You got a reflection there. There you go. Yes, familiar with it. I feel like we've played that one before, but I don't remember it. Yeah, so basically it's got a couple of concepts that would be new to uh, people like us that grew up with, you know, Parker Brothers games. You don't know what you have in your hand. Your, your cards face the rest of the players. And um, on your turn, you can give information to any other player. One oh, of, right. I remember this one now. Yeah. And you can tell them that, um, you know, you have only, you know, these two cards are ones or these three cards are green. You can give one piece of information about a number or a color. And then together you're trying to give each other enough information to put the cards in order and color columns basically you're trying to you're trying to put everything in in nice sequence that's a quick review um but reversed right no because you can't see them it's all going to be discussed right yeah you can't see it, and so you have to say who i need a green three and i think this is a green three and you put it down and hopefully you're right um so the reason why i like this game is like i said it's something people are not necessarily used to. Like, what do you mean I can't see my cards? Only other people can see my cards, which is kind of fun because it's, you know, it's just, it's a neat, kitschy little thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so quick to teach. It's a rare, it's actually a rare mechanism. I don't know too many that do that. Maybe a couple. You know what I mean? I don't know, all I can think of is headbands. Headbands. Right. right. The yeah. game with the picture. Yeah. Or the thing you're flipping. You're a frog. You're a frog. On the, on Interestingly, the on Board Game Geek, it's listed as a headband style game or something like that. The yeah. game mechanic is listed as headband style. Yeah. But it's quick. It's easy to set up. Um, it's only four players, I think. I don't know if it goes above four. Yeah. Um, but it's a really great one for... So it's interesting because uh, you don't mention, isn't the theme of the game basically fireworks, yet there's really not or something associated with it? Yeah, so there's a theme, right? You're trying to construct... There's numbers and colors. Nobody knows the theme. Right. Let me see, because um, I think I have it. Not strong theming. No. Right here, right? Um, so this is like, because on the cover, right, it shows fireworks. Now, I know when I did some looking on this one, I didn't on the other game we were going to talk about, but just this one, I saw that they actually come out, there's a card version, and then there's a token version too, which is interesting. Oh. Yeah, yeah, which is, Amazing. I think you can see it right there. These are the tokens down, down in that oh, area. Oh, interesting. Um, so I don't know why, um, maybe it's just another mechanical way that they do it, but uh, it's funny you bring this game, because when I started watching, because I hadn't played it, but I wanted to see what you're referring to, it mm -hmm. kind of gave me shivers, because I just came off of some really bad experiences with Phase 10, when I oh. work with some people. That game, I will throw that, if somebody points that game out to me, I will set it on fire, all right? Not, oh. not a game, not oh. a game. Not a Aww. game that, that fits with me. So when I start seeing this game, I hear colors and numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, not for me. Did you get like Uno flashbacks? Is that what you're oh, saying? Uno or what's the other one? Is Uno face 10? Skippo. That's the other oh. game that's out there. So, which by the way, if you talk to somebody and go, hey, you know Skippo or you know Uno? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the game. And if they go, oh. This game's nothing like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that, but you don't see your own cards. What? I don't get it. Um, but um, the interesting thing, though, about the game was that the mechanism, obviously, of you not seeing your cards, but having to remember who said what to you. And right. I think the interesting thing was, because the first thing I said, well, that's not hard, because once somebody says it, I'll just move the card. And there is no, but there is no rules that say you can't hold the cards any different way. You can hold them any way you want. Right, which but tells you not to you... hold them sideways. If somebody tells me it's this color and I can learn a, yep. a, a color, yeah. I could code myself. Here's you your degrees of freedom. Right. Eventually, though, you play a card and then one replaces it, and you're like, "Wait, right. is this one?" And that was the one. I yeah. Well, wait. This is red, green, blue, right? right? And then you create this whole world for yourself. I'm like, I don't know. You could probably pretty much uh, uh, get this game down if you wanted to go that that way. But, anyways, I, I thought it was uh, to your point though, is a good game for everybody. Kind of just a simple, simplistic thing, right? To do, but having that reverse mechanism, I think would. Um, would definitely get people to go, oh, wow, this is neat. This is gaming. Well, it makes it a little more social, right? I mean, you're definitely, you're interacting with each other. I mean, I don't know how casual social it is because you're concentrate. There's a lot of concentration in that game. There is, well, and, and you're involved on everybody's turn, which is yeah. really- Nobody's sitting idle, but you have to be- With focused. a new game, right? There's, 
we were talking about with um, Elder Sign, right? Eight people playing that game. You're not going to be that active on the other seven people's turns. But on this, no. you're constantly paying attention. Yeah. Um, so that's good, too, for teaching a new person a game. You're all engaged all the time. Not a great drinking game. Oof, no, because you can't remember it at all. Oh, and going back on, look at this, so we don't move on there. Okay, next. What else you got, John? You mentioned that? Oh, about that? I love this game I love. Horrified. Have we played this? I don't know that one at all. Me either. Wow. Okay. Cool. Don't you know are, it. Um, why, just tell us why it's a co-op and why it's good to bring out the table. So it's co-op. So um, you're all trying to fight a, a classic Universal Studios, mon Studios monster. Um, Frankenstein, Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Nice. Ah, nice. Actually, nice. Frankenstein and the Bride. Uh, the Invisible Man, uh, the Wolfman. And you're just moving around the board collecting, it's, you have to collect the set of stuff you need to defeat the monster. Okay. Um, it's got a theme most people can identify with, and even though it's monsters, it's, you know, the 1950s. Yeah, black not scary monsters. They're, They're Halloween monsters. monsters. Yeah. Um, the thing you need to do for each monster is different. Like, so for Dracula, you've got to collect a few of each color item to close each coffin and th there's there's a lightly painted veneer of theme on it but it's enough um you're moving around the board you're avoiding the monster you roll a die to see if he attacks you if he kills you you just go to the hospital and you respawn in your next turn you don't even lose your stuff so you don't kill you then he just wounds you you're you go to the hospital and, and the, the level increases in the town right Ooh, there's been another attack yeah. So well, that reminds me of Geister Geister, which I completely you know forgot what? of mentioning in this segment because that my kids asked to play that last week. My turn. Yeah. They said, "Can we play Geister Geister Shots with Meister?" I said, "I don't have it. Chris owns it." Uh, <laughs> Chris, it's just like that game. Yeah. Uh, except with except with Hollywood monsters. How cool! Picking stuff up, get trying to get away from the bad guys, and you you defeat the the monster in the end. Nice. Um, Crossball makes games I love. Um, they've got a new one coming out um, about Back to the Future. What was the name of the designer or the game? Crossborough Hall. It's a, it's a game studio out in California. They've just done one very similar, a co-op game where you're trying to um, get Marty and Lorraine together. And, you know, the, the timer in the game Do is what? The that fades over time. Yeah. Not a game for your kids, Chris. Um, yeah. I can't wait to get it. But anyway. Horrified, excellent family game, uh, very light. I think Board Game Geek, most people ranked it at a two of five on complexity. Wow. Okay. Really not that complex at all. Good. Takes I'm texting my off-screen assistant to see if they'll bring me my bring me the game so we don't have to. Wow, pause you got an assistant? I can What's really it called in English? Print um, out stuff from my uh, from for the logo. Uh, something brave treasure hunters. I can't even remember. Um, all right, to the Google. Ghost fight and treasure hunters. Ghost fight. That's it. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Yeah, and that's a that's a great one. I can highly recommend that one too because that one is great for four year olds and five year olds and like and, and four and eighty four year olds. Nice. And, um. Yeah. yeah well, I didn't I didn't think of that one in time, so maybe my assistant, well, one of my assistants, will bring me that. But what <laughs> I did think of in, is extremely classic, um, co op game, you know by you know one of the people who basically invented the genre um this one's by game right unlike pandemic which is the other one that gets a lot of credit for inventing the genre this if i recall correctly was the second in the series there was forbidden yeah. island was first yeah i think it's the same game designer chris well forbidden island and forbidden desert are the same designer i think it's is all pandemic the also the same designer um why is his name escaping me oh. Oh, Matt Leacock? Yeah, I think he Leacock? did. Leacock? I'm, I'm maybe pronouncing that wrong. That I'm reading it off the box. Sorry, Matt. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sorry that I don't remember that. But in, anyway, if you play Pandemic, it um, it's a very similar mechanic. And I think this is sort of a general theme of how co-op games work, right? So all the players have an ability. Many of them have an asymmetric ability where I have a role that's different than your role and you go around the table and then once everybody's had a turn something in the game mechanic does bad stuff in it in this case it's you get sand on the map and it covers up the map and the objective is you're trying to collect these artifacts to rebuild a you know some kind of 
spaceship, you know, steampunk spaceship thing to fly away and save everybody, right? So you've crashed in the desert. I, I don't know, whatever. The, the theme is not that um, embedded, but at the end of the day, you've got your players, they're moving around the map, you're collecting these artifacts. I think there's a really nice system in this game uh, with the way the cards are revealed. They're sort of map tiles and they're hidden and you have to use actions to expose them. Yeah. So, you know, there's a clock running, you know, you have a limited amount of water and you have a deck of cards that has the bad stuff in it. And every time you go through it, you know, it kind of gets harder and harder and harder. And there's certain mechanics that kind of ratchet up the badness as the game goes on. Pandemic is the same way. The forbidden games are the same way. So, so that's, a lot of these co-op games have that style. Um, I think the one you were describing, Horrified, was it? Mm -hmm. In Geister, Geister don't so much have they that don't. same mechanic. No. They're more of a team snatch and grab kind of game. Um, but I like this one because I played this with my parents who are not super gamers. I mean, there's, you know, they know how to play games, but that's just not a thing they're into. Yeah. Um, I played this with my kids when they were much younger. I mean, this yeah. is a game, I mean, it says on the box, um well it's ages 10 and up you don't need to read to play this game you, ne yeah, you need right. to basically understand simple instructions so seven i mean it depends how you know where your kids are but yeah, I mean, we, we were playing this game with my kids when they were seven or eight um and they loved this because it was one of the it was the first you know grown-up game they got to play it wasn't you know shoots and ladders and right you know candy it's land garbage. It, is, it is to me a game that um kind of is masked as though it's a, a, a regular adult game, but I've always found that that game really is uh, a kid's introduction game. Um, sure. Because I play a gamer introduction game. Right. Not well, just kids. Yeah, but right? I found though when I bring uh, in this a couple of times where I brought people in to it that were adults or everything, it lacks something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I never asked them specifically. And now that I'm doing the, and we're doing this podcast, I wish I did. But yeah. um, the, I would say- It's not that, a real sophisticated game. I mean, no, there's not a lot of deep strategy. A too, it's a little too simplistic or kiddie-ish. So, so no disrespect, like, it, like yeah, yeah. if you got a kid, uh, you know, young kids, and you're trying to get them in 100%, which by the way, is probably a lot that would be listening to the show or hopefully will be listening to the show looking back. So 100%, we don't want to poo-poo that. But if you're looking at now separating it from the kids and the you know older mother-in-law or whatever, but you got a friend or or a wife that's maybe uh, has a game before, um, I, uh, it's hard to say. There's something about it though that I just remember going, eh, it's missing something. In I think I know what it is. You do? Okay. What? So I think it's choices, right? So um, adults want meaty choices, right? Yeah. This this yeah. has choices, but even horrified. They're not meaty choices. Okay. The choices are not. Um, grand or difficult to make usually. The choice is pretty obvious usually, right? right. That, that piece of desert's about to sink, or I can't remember. I, I, I mix up for a bit. Yeah, yeah, Cover yeah, up yeah. with sand. It, it yeah. Kinda, yeah. It's almost like a, a video game that sends you down a certain path you have to go anyways, right? So if you're an open yeah. sourced world uh, video gamer, not to cross streams again. Yeah, but, it's a but good analogy. Is, it would be that this is not the game. This kind of sets you on a path, which again, in the end was good. But I just remember even finishing it, looking over and they weren't as proud or excited of winning as I thought there'll be, you know, you put all the components together and boom, it takes off and everything, but it yeah. doesn't have, you know, a grand finale, if you will, to it. Does that make sense? I don't know. I just, yeah. off the top of my head, we're thinking about it, but, uh, but definitely younger kids and, and older folks. Yeah, it's, it is not for, for experienced or technical gamers. I would definitely say this is a, this is a light game. You know, you, you're, this is a, this is an after you've played a really deep game and your brains are tired or uh, when people are still showing up and you want to kill some time. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. So we haven't played this game in a while, but when we do play it, it's usually when uh, my parents are here, my in-laws are here because it's the level of game that, you know, after they've been in the car all day and slept in a guest bedroom, you know, they the next day they have enough energy to play a game at this you know level of technical difficulty which is good for mixed company segue yeah. because especially for time we got here um i want to jump in on this one well okay let's just bring it all up here um 
that, and I will be brief on this because I don't think we have to go into detail as much on this, but because when you just mentioned simplicity games, or like this is a great game for simplicity introducing and stuff, it's great. This is a co-op game Why I bring it up that I believe that if you want to bring people to the table to become gamers and to really be like, okay, I, I, I'm getting the concept of me mechanics, how it works. I get a theme, um, I get excited. And let me tell you what, at the end of this game, um, it does bring you great joy. When you the, win the tension as everything comes yeah, in, uh, you, can, you can see it. So to give you the background on it, and I don't know if I can uh, scroll through or give you another, this is the, so it isn't, uh, it's a pretty game, but and it's got some um, pieces and everything to it as well. But the mechanics really aren't that difficult when you get going, understanding what you're supposed to do. Matter of fact, it in and of itself designs you to speak to other people, talk to other people, work ahead, be strategizing when somebody's going, right? To our point of finding a game mm -hmm. that does that. Um, as well and gets people thinking about it and for a common goal and that common goal is to understand the game is that um, you bring monsters out through a bag like randomly and you place them on the board and your job is to work with the other components you see there's uh, uh, three different I don't know how they address them as areas three uh, colored areas colors yeah. colored areas there's like uh, yeah. Right, one through six. I think they call them sectors, if I recall correctly. Um, but and again, just look it up. There's a lot of guys reviewing the game itself, and I'm, but our point being is that if you thinking about a game to look up and spend time watching and reviewing for your family and getting them involved, this is the game I believe because it's co-opable. It has the excitement, and in the end, there is great joy in the end. It's like you finish something, you achieve, and when you lose. You all lose together, and it's something you guys can talk about and be like, "Oh, we should have played this card. We should have done that." Yeah. When I hear that, and I'm and I'm very uh, try, trying to understand, you know, how, trying to maximize the time when people come to play and give us give me the time to sit down with me and play a game. This is the game I like to turn to because uh, it has all those elements to it. I will add, um, and then let get your thoughts on this. The game is twice as good when you add the wizard expansion to it. I like the wizard expansion. I love the wizard expansion. It gives another card deck, but it's not a, not a heavy mechanic that adds to it. It adds a little more thematic and, and view of the center because yeah. you try to stop getting the center of the board, right? That boss monster is rough, though. The what? Boss monsters are rough. They are, but you know what? Yeah. It gives you a little bit, makes you inside go, <laughs> when it comes to double down on the geek and play the Star Trek version with the little Enterprise. <laughs> oh, dude, now you're going, yeah. that might kick me out of my, my house if I did that up front. But yeah, you're right on that. What do you guys think? Do you agree with me? Disagree? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Good game. I got that one down the hall, too. <laughs> this is a game that, like, the first time I played it, I really didn't enjoy it. it um, I think I... I think it went too far in the, it's just so random that I feel like I can't hmm. get a grip on the game. You know, and it's sort of like, you can do everything right and still lose the game. Yep. Yeah. Because you drew six red monsters in a row. Yep. And it was like, mm -hmm. well, you're dead because there's nothing you can do to stop everybody, you know, and. Right. But to me, so that's, so that's kind of. I, I love mean, that. I love that. Yeah. I mean. Because you're like, I'm doomed! You know what I mean? You're all doomed together! Let's just hold yeah, hands but it's, it's sort of like, you know, you know, it, it at the opposite end of the spectrum, it's sort of the, okay, should we just resign now and reset the board? I mean, I seem to recall playing this game one of the first times I played it, and we, and we maybe played it once, and the game went fairly good, and we were all kind of figuring out how it worked. And then the second time we played it, we lost in, like, three rounds. Ooh. And it was like, what the heck was the point of that? You know? So, yep. so to be fair, so I would tell fair, you right the now, game that I picked can be the same way. If you get really unlucky, the game goes south in a hurry. Um, that's kind of a flaw of co-op games in general, right? Yeah, depending on how their mechanics work. But well, because yeah, because I've played it more times since then, and I think with the Wizard expansion, I think that might have been what changed it for me. I enjoyed it a lot more. Thank you. That's it. I was about to say to you. Later. What you sounds like you're talking about, which was with me too, is with the original game by itself. It happened. Yeah, it was just too random somehow, yep. and it's like I think the wizard gives you some abilities you can spend. Cards, powers of the cards that really do. Yeah, so you can you can sort of alter the deck in your favor in a way. And yeah. I, I think I needed just that little bit more positive control. Exactly, so. and that's why I said I wouldn't buy the game without the expansion. I'm telling, like, I'm, if you're, you know, if we're talking, like I said, we get into the dust factor. I think this has got a high uh, or very low dust factor, but simplicity, it's there. But you got to bring that piece in, which adds a little more to the simplicity, making it a little tougher, but not that much. And it really makes the game more complete, I think. 
at least with that one expansion. I have not tried the other ones, so I'm not quite sure how that betters or worse, but just for the sake of uh, yeah. basic buying and uh, bringing out, I would do both on those as well. Yeah. So. so yeah, good picks, everybody. Yeah, well done. I want to play Horrified now. Yeah. That looks really awesome. Yeah. It's very, very light. It's it's the it's the yeah. five minute while everybody's arriving kind of. Let's just yeah. Just run around the board and grab Come stuff. Come on, movie monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk. Um, right now would be the time we'd roll some dice and pick next week uh, for, for the conversation. But uh, we'll do that next week because I think this week, uh, Chris, you mentioned uh, Above and Below for a review. I think we'll bring yeah. that out for the kiddos. Um, we've done a lot of uh, adult games. Or Not just, just for kiddos. No, but I'm saying inclusive, right? Into yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's like, definitely, that's definitely an inclusive game. It does right. not have... Yeah. Well, I don't want to preview the review, but yeah, okay. So we'll bring that out uh, above and below. I have not played it yet myself, so I look forward to reviewing and checking it out. Hopefully, maybe we can jump on and try that uh, before our next show. And then um, next week, we're like we did with a co-op. We'll talk about um, we'll talk about the ones that have no dust factor at all, like the ones, the number one games, right? That we constantly bring out and play. Just and a quick reason why that one game. So if you look at all your, go look back behind you and see your big uh, selection of games, the one that comes out the most, right? And why that is. Now that may or may not be family, uh, you know, introduction based, but if it's that strong of a game, and you're a strong person personality wise or in your household and you meet with people that eventually you're going to have that game be the game. So you might want to consider yeah. learning it yourself, developing it, doing it. So next week we'll talk about that. Um, That's going to be a tough choice. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so we'll next week we'll do that, but we'll roll some dice. What do you say y'all? All right. And then we'll pick uh, next week as far as just randomly what we'll talk about, but we'll get it set up for next week. So. Sure. All right, guys. Good show. Thank you guys for uh, as always jumping on, spending some time and, and uh, giving your point of view for everybody out there. I think this is a strong, and I think it's a great piece that's not out there um, to this specific uh, uh, point as much as it should be. So um, kudos to you, and thanks for thanks for joining us. So folks, again, if you want to be part of it, yeah, let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter, uh, BoardStiff4, the number four that is, at BoardStiff4. You can go to email at uh, BoardStiffGamer at gmail.com. You can email us off. Give us your thoughts, opinions, sarcastic remarks. Love it all if you uh, so so choose so. And then YouTube, if you're listening right now on the podcast, you can always head over and check us out at Board Stiff on YouTube. And of course, if you're watching this YouTube, you can check us out in the car if you get back to commuting again or do whatever and uh, listen as well. So, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Till next time, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks all. Peace. Yeah.